Hello and welcome to the 58 West King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tony. That's Matt. This is episode number 153, and today we've got another mock draft to recap, but not just any mock draft, a mock draft that included Matt, myself, host of the Taco Corp Fantasy Football Podcast, and Vinegar Strokes manager Nate Molinay, and our reigning, defending, three-time champion himself, the Inglorious Bastards manager, Jason Baziotis. It's action-packed, and I cannot wait to go through our picks. But first, how you doing, Matt? I'm good. I don't like the way that the preview of Jason comes. Like It reads like he's won the last three years in a row. I assure everyone that's not the case. He's been in the league for, what, 10 years? 11 years? Mm-hmm. And he's won three times in that span, not three concurrent years. Just want to clarify. He won last year, but the year before he did not win, or the year before that he didn't win. That is correct. I think I would have phrased it three-time defending champion if that was the case. I don't know. There's no good way to say it. His stats are impressive, but there's no way to him not to look good when you say it because mm-hmm. obviously he's won three times. It's just frustrating. Just just angry. Just anger. Unmitigated anger. Well, we'll workshop it and we'll try to make it sound better. All right, let's go ahead and get into this draft. Welcome to our third mock draft of the offseason. I absolutely love the new intro music for this. It uh, came out a lot better than I thought it would. Thank you to Matt for voicing some of that. Thank you to editing all of that. (laughs) Power of editing. So as I mentioned, this mock had myself, Matt, Nate, and our defending champ, Jason, all squaring off. I drafted from the four. Jason took the six. Nate took the seven. And then Matt was at the 12. That was your real draft spot, right? What you pulled? I thought that's what we were doing. Yes. I was like, I've, if I'm going to do a mock draft with three other people that are going to be drafting against me, maybe I shouldn't have took the 12th because I gave some insight to what mm-hmm. I might do. I love the way this team turned out. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it definitely crossed my mind, but I didn't want to tip my hand too much. I'm sure through all of the mock drafts we've done and we're going to do, at some point, we are going to draft from our spots. So I wasn't too worried about not getting the rep in. Ironically enough, the two teams, the two managers that helped us with this mock draft are the two handsome, supportive managers from our previous episode segment. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. They both, one of them's won three times, one of them's won once. It is no coincidence that they win, that they are very supportive in their time and efforts this podcast. We continue to appreciate you guys yeah. for Thanks, everything guys. you do for us, except for Baz winning three times. Suck a dick. <laughs> so our rosters mimicked our home league. So that is single quarterback, two wide receiver, two running back, a tight end, two flex spots, and then six bench spots. We'll talk through our picks. We'll go ahead and roast to Jason and Nate appropriately, and then we'll quickly go through the rest of the board. Ready, Matt? So ready. All right. So first off the board, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. And then I was up and I took, I wanted any one of those running backs. So I took a wide receiver. I went with Justin Jefferson. You hate that the ceiling is already baked into the ADP, but I'll take it. And that consistency over what the running backs in this range offer, especially with what's available at that position in the third and fourth rounds this year. Spoiler alert, I took a running back in the third and fourth round. Uh, Next off the board was Cooper Cup, and then Baz took Jamar Chase. Any commentary on his pick there? Uh, Again, I think Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, you can make the argument for all of them above the running backs that are going in this. Uh, Me personally, I'm higher on Najee than most, so I would have taken Najee probably over Chase, but I'm splitting hairs here. Um, I think that's a solid pick. Can't go wrong with Jamar Chase in the first round. Agree there. Uh, Next up was Nate. He took Joe Mixon. So he has an episode coming out where he gives a lot of praise to Joe Mixon. He thinks he should be drafted higher. So uh, after kind of talking through that with him, not really surprised. He took Joe Mixon a little ahead of ADP here. Yeah, and I'm not against it either. I mean, they made some huge improvements to the offensive line. You look at Joe Mixon last year. He was productive. I think he was a top 12 back. And he got hit behind line of scrimmage almost as much as Najee did. So the offensive pass game is probably going to regress a little just based on the law of averages. So I could see Joe Mixon have a very solid season. I don't think he's crazy to draft ahead of Derrick Henry. I just like the workload that Najee looks to get. But not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. No, 
I like it. And I think uh, Joe Mixon is going to be one of those guys who climbs in ADP as uh, all the redrafters begin to wake up from their slumber. Agreed. Uh, next off the board, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, a lot of running backs here. And then Matt, you're up at the 12 and the 13. What did you take? So I, I considered going zero RB. I, decide, I, I just, I like DeAndre Swift. We've talked about him on previous episodes. I think he was a my guy in my my guys episode. Uh, I like the ceiling. I like the workload. I like the team's direction. Um, and I think, again, he has an outside shot of being RB1. So I took him here at my 12th pick. And then coming around, first pick of the second round, 13th overall, I took Stephon Diggs, who is uh, behind Chase, Cup, and Jefferson for me. He starts off that second tier of wide receivers. But I do I love that Buffalo offense. Love Josh Allen, and I love his role in it. So I took him as my wide receiver one. Uh, not bad pick with Swift there sliding into the first round. And then Diggs, I agree. Uh, he definitely is behind Jefferson Cup and Chase, but not by much. Not by much. So solid start for you, Matt. Next off the board, Barkley, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, C.D. Lamb, and then Nate was up, and he took another running back in Javante Williams of the Broncos. Any thoughts here? A little high for me. If you want to get him, I don't think he falls to you in the third round. So I, if again, if you if you like him, I'm I'm worried about Russ and all of the receivers, and I'm worried about Melvin Gordon cutting into his time. So he's not a guy I'm looking to target. But uh, but not a bad pick if you like him, you like him, and if you were willing to stake a claim on somebody, why not? Speaking of staking claims, next up, Baz picked Leonard Fournette. He's a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Is that right? I believe so. And he yep. put the stake, the S T E A K, and staking claims. Leonard Fournette, we've talked about it. He's big. He'll be fine. I like him. I don't know that I like him in the second round, but I like him. He looked good. I saw a picture of him walking into camp. He doesn't look like uh, there's any issues with what's going on around his waistline. If I was him, it, really, this is like a this is a an equipment problem, equipment manager's problem, right? Like maybe he just got an extra large jersey when he should have got an XXL or a large when he should have got an extra large. We've all been there. Maybe the jersey doesn't fit. You know, yeah. We've all been there, guys. I've got two XXL shirts in my closet. One of them will make me look like I'm on one of those true classic ads, and the other one will make me look like I'm a cheeseburger shy of 260, even though I weigh more than 260, mm-hmm. uh, or a donut shy of 260. What was the exact? I don't know the exact term. I think it was a donut shy of 260. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Leonard Fournette, middle of the second round. It's a little high for me. Everything's fine. Yeah. He wasn't going to get him in the third round. So I think that's no. why he pulled the trigger here. Uh, next off the board, first tight end, Travis Kelsey. And then I was up, uh, started with Justin Jefferson. Wasn't a huge fan of the running backs left uh, on the table here. So I went ahead and drafted Mike Evans. So we did this before Julio Jones signed with the Bucks, But Matt, like Shania Twain, that signing. Don't impress me much. I still like the touchdown <laughs> upside. I still like the volume he's in line for. Tampa passed the ball 700 times in 2021. I had to fact check that. Uh, expect that to drop, obviously, a little regression. But there's so much there still for all these guys to eat. Not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Somebody tweeted like, "Are you are you adjusting your Mike Evans ranking post Julio Jones signing?" And I was like, "Adjusting him up? <laughs> like I just I don't think this hurts him. I think this. I think if anything, if you're if you're going to get Mike Evans, you're just going to get him a couple picks later than you would have. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe half a round later. Like if you're at the end, it, it's glad I'm glad that you grabbed him here because only one running back went between that pick and your next pick when four wide receivers went. So it was good yeah. that you took him, but." If any Mike Evans value is good value to me, I don't, he's still gonna, he's, he's thousand yard seasons. It's what this guy does. Thousand yard season and catch the touchdowns. Yeah. It's a take it. Did anybody watch Julio Jones play last year? I mean, did anybody watch him play last year? The little bit of time he was on the field, he looked like he still had it. Most of it, right? It's just how long is he going to be able to stay on the field? I think it hurts Russell Cage more than anything else, which is unfortunate. Agreed. All right. Next off the board, Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, and Tyreek Hill on the turn. T. Higgins went next, so the four receivers you just mentioned. And then our first quarterback, Josh Allen, off the board. And I was back up again, and I took Ezekiel Elliott. I have no issues drafting Zeke in the third because now he can deliver value. And if it's just a high floor for him all season, I'll take that. Yeah, Zeke in the third, like he was a first-round pick last year. I picked. I didn't win any of the leagues where I picked him. (laughs) He still finishes the top 12, but that's just because he played 17 games. Mm -hmm. played every game last year. Um, He's got some nagging injuries. I don't hate it. I think I like who Baz took two picks later. Mm-hmm. A little more just because of up touchdown upside. And who f- knows what Kyler Murray's going to do this year. I mean, he's going to at least be watching four hours of uh, game film. <laughs> you're, dar- you're darn right he is. When it, When is he picked? He I pick him. Good. So we can talk about him because I want to talk about it for that for just a second. But 
Zeke's not a bad pick. He's your RB1, so you're just hoping for volume and efficiency. And with that offense, why not? Why not? Why not? Exactly. Uh, next off the board, second tight end, Mark Andrews, and then Baz was up. So the running back he took that you liked probably more than Zeke was James Conner. He's not going to get 18 touchdowns again. I get, But even if he gets 12, he's probably, and he plays all the games, he's probably going to outscore Zeke, I would assume. But you never know. There's not really a whole lot of competition for touches in that backfield outside of Kyler Murray. And, ah, dude, we'll get to it. It's uh, Damian Williams. Okay, yeah, I'm not worried about that. That don't, don't impress, impress me That's That should be our new drop. That should be our new drop. <laughs> All right, after, uh, after Baz, Nate was up, and he took his first wide receiver, so he started Joe Mixon, Javante Williams. He went with uh, an eagle, A.J. Brown. I like it. Like like the mid-third-round value on, uh, on A.J. Brown. I enjoy that. I've seen him. I took him in a best ball draft today and the end of the second. I've seen him go middle second. So that's, that's a good spot for him. I thought about it, but I was worried about what my prospects would be at running back uh, if I waited until the fourth round to take my first one. So I hear you. Yep. All right. Next off the board, Cam Akers, Michael Pittman Jr., Kyle Pitts, Antonio Gibson. And then Matt, you had the 312 and the 4-1. Who'd you take? I took DJ Moore, Carolina wide receiver. Uh, he's going to be the number one on that offense, whether it should be Baker. And I'm not willing to give up on Baker. I'm not willing to throw the towel on Baker. I think he got a raw deal. It's going to maybe take him a little bit of time to get up to speed in that offense. It's supposedly a true competition between Baker and Darnold. I, I imagine he'll win that quite quickly. And I think that he can give DJ Moore enough production to make wide receiver two numbers, high end, possibly low end wide receiver one numbers. The volume should be there. Um, then I took Deontay Johnson. I think you're either a Chase Claypool guy or a Deontay Johnson guy. And luckily, if you're a Chase Claypool guy, you can get him a little bit later. But I like Deontay Johnson. I don't care about the stone hands. I love his route running ability. I think he gets open. And with quarterbacks in the backfield like Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, you're going to want to, they're probably going to pass to the guy that gets open <laughs> more so than the guy that's going to have a one on one, maybe even a one on two deep. Spoiler alert I don't think Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett fit the gunslinger. That don't impress me much role as much as Chase Claypool would need them to fit. So I like Deontay Johnson. And again, he should be the number one option in that offense from a volume standpoint. And I'm getting him here as my wide receiver three. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's your wide receiver three. He's a number one target on a team. You got him in the fourth round. DJ Moore, though, I like that pick as well. Best quarterback DJ's ever played with, arguably. We're saying that so much this year with people who are playing with bottom half of the league quarterbacks. But yes, it's the best quarterback he's played with. If it's true, it's true though, right? <laughs> it's true, it's true. It's the best quarterback he's played with. Next off the board, Jalen Waddle, David Montgomery, Brandon Cooks, Mike Williams, and then Nate was up. Started two running backs, grabbed a receiver, and then he went tight end. He took George Kittle, the man himself. This is a Nate draft. I mean, we are 100% certain that this is Nate draft in this scene. That's right. This is not Jake. I, and look, if he stays healthy, that's a steal. And I guess that's baked into the ADP as the injury concerns, but I like it. I like George Kittle. He's a stud. It's just a matter of if he'll play all 17 games or not. Agree there. Uh, Baz was up next. He started Jamar Chase, Leonard Fournette, James Conner. He went running back here. He took Brees Hall, rookie. Yeah, strong. So I didn't like the Fournette pick as much. I love the Conner and Brees Hall picks. Really rounding out that running back room. And then he gets bailed out by getting some some wide receivers falling to him in the next couple yeah. rounds to make his wide receiver class very strong as well. So I kind of like the early shapings of the Baz team. His running back room is is fantastic to start. Next off the board was Patrick Mahomes, and then I was up. Uh, mentioned Zeke earlier, first running back. Wanted to go running back here, uh, saw it was quickly depleting, so I went with Travis Etienne. So love the pick here, even with the recent James Robinson news of him not starting the season on the pup. Travis Etienne will get his share of the carries. But what entices me and probably most other managers most is the passing down work. You know, those receptions, they're going to be worth a lot more uh, in any type of PPR format. And that's exactly what our league is. Yes, man. Travis Etienne is just this bright, shiny, like, like, it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, um, The Curse of Oak Island, where it's like these two rich brothers that are searching for gold on an island. And like, they're 10 seasons in, spoiler alert, they don't find any significant amount of gold, but they keep finding these little shiny things in the water and in the ground and it's i feel like travis Etienne. we haven't seen it obviously he got injured early last year it worries me that james james robinson has produced ever since he's been there and if he's healthy he's gonna get a first and second down roll and the fact that james robinson's going six rounds after etn i don't know i don't know i think they should be close together but again the upside's there for sure i mean if he hits that upside you're stellar so i don't hate it i'm just there are concerns but it's a fourth round running back there's always concerns with the fourth round running back. you don't hate it you don't love it that's fine 
that don't, don't impress me much. <laughs> yeah, if I could uh, go back, I think Josh Jacobs is probably an option, AJ Dillon, but it just felt early for those guys. Uh, all right, next off the board, Darren Waller, J.K. Dobbins, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, CEH on the turn, Justin Herbert, Terry McLaurin, and then I was up again. Here I went with Cortland Sutton, so my third number one wide receiver who will be penciled in here is my wide receiver three. I'm not buying into the Broncos completely flipping the AFC West and winning it, but I am buying into that entire division putting up points. It's going to be good. Russ is a good quarterback. Sutton, Judy, and everyone else on that team should see a boost in their floor and their ceilings. Agreed. Next off the board, Elijah Mitchell, and then Baz was up. He took Allen Robinson and sounded like you were kind of high on Allen. Uh, yeah, I like Allen Robinson. I mean, he's his wide receiver too. He's the wide receiver too on that offense. Obviously, there are some Matthew Stafford elbow concerns. Are you concerned about Matthew Stafford's elbow? If Sean McVay's concerned, I'm concerned, and Sean McVay is not concerned. Then you're not concerned. That's good. So if we're not concerned, then I'm not concerned. Allen Robinson is playing with the best quarterback of his career. Yes, he is. Yeah, undoubtedly, unless you're going to try to argue some combination of Dalton, Blake Bortles. Well, no, no. No. And and it's not like a marginal upgrade at quarterback like we see from Darnold to Baker or from Tyler Heineke to, to Carson Wentz. This is Justin Fields' first year last year, which he was running around with the chicken with his head cut off to the Super Bowl winning quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Like, this is a no-brainer. Allen Robinson's going to – he's a good wide receiver. He's not as old as people think he is. (laughs) He really is that old. Uh, There's still a lot of tread left on those tires. So I I do like Allen Robinson. I think Cup progresses a little bit. I think Allen Robinson eats into that. They're also pretty confident they're going to sign OBJ once he clears healthy. So that kind of muddies the waters a bit, but I think there'll be enough to go around in that offense. There has been in the past. I mean, it was just a couple years ago we had Cooper Cup. Fantasy relevant, Robert Woods, fantasy relevant, and Brandon Cooks, his first or second season with the Rams, fantasy relevant, right? So yeah. definitely enough for those guys to eat. And it's a passing league now, right? 600 to 650 attempts uh, a season. So not too concerned there for Allen Robinson. Also high on uh, Robinson going into 2022. Next up was Nate. He went ahead and took uh, the aforementioned Josh Jacobs. So his running back room consists of Joe Mixon, Javante Williams, and Josh Jacobs. How do you like that? I like it a lot. Two, uh, two first and second down backs, and then Javante Williams, a back who has a lot of upside and young, explosive talent. So very, very, very strong running back room. Contract year, too, for Josh Jacobs. So they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. He should nope. have a little bit of motivation, a little bit of added motivation to play Love through to injuries it. and things like that. All right, next off the board, Darnell Mooney, Lamar Jackson, DK Metcalf, Gabriel Davis, and then you had two picks, Matt. Uh, to running back A.J. Dillon from the Green Bay Packers. Just, I like A.J. Dillon. His third year in the league. He hasn't had any major injuries. He's just playing behind Aaron Jones. But a lot of production left that offense when Devontae Adams and yep. MVS left out. So it opened up a lot of targets. Is Dillon going to catch those? No, but I imagine Aaron Jones will catch some. I imagine Aaron Jones will line up as a wide receiver in a, more than a few sets. And who's going to be in the backfield? A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's a bowling ball. He's going to be the red zone back almost assuredly. And my RB2 here, I like it. I think after this year, we're going to be... Aaron Jones might not even be in Green Bay this time next year. And there's a good chance A.J. Dillon is is drafted in the first or second round next year. Call him a shot. Definitely possible. Who'd you take in the sixth round? Kyler Murray, quarterback. Let's get into it. I didn't like... I, so hold on, hold on. Did you did you do your homework on Kyler before you made that pick? Um, I did it, but unfortunately, the homework was not posted when we did this draft, it was the, the details of his contract were posted after I made this pick. All of that being said, I still like Kyler to get him in the sixth round with his running ability and, and his arm talent. And I I wasn't going to pass on that. I kind of was thinking of Ray St. Brown here, but I already had three strong wide receivers, so mm-hmm. I wanted to get a quarterback. Almost every year previous to this, I've been like banging the late quarterback drum. And as of late, I've, I've kind of come on to some of the mid-round quarterbacks. I feel like you can get some value with some of these guys. Well, Kyler got drafted in the fourth round last year. I think that's where Around the there, yeah. was going. So keep here in the sixth, and I, I still I don't think the production is going to be that different. Now, the Kyler Murray contract. Is this the most embarrassing thing to happen to a quarterback since Jamarcus Ruck, Russell was given blank tapes that he... And that was his own fault. I don't even blame the team for that. Uh, but it was pretty embarrassing when Jamarcus Russell was given blank NFL videos. And they asked him, what did you think of the tapes? And he's like, I thought they were great. Very informative. <laughs> and there was nothing on him. That was, that was pretty embarrassing. This is 
very embarrassing, right? What does it take? That's that was my question when I read that. So if if you're if you're under a rock in Kyler's contract, two hundred thirty point five million dollar contract, most of that or large chunk of that guaranteed. There's a stipulation that says I think what is it four hours a week? So it's four hours a week of independent film study. Yeah. So theoretically on a Microsoft Surface or a, or an iPad, whatever they give out. So they'll track it. And it has to be uninterrupted viewing. Like he, it says in the contract that uh, Kyler can't be, it can't be on in the background when he's watching TV or playing, playing Call of Duty. video games and or on his or browsing the internet. Oh, that's good. There's so many questions. The first one being if you feel the need to put this in a contract, why are you paying him $230 million mm-hmm. and guaranteeing a large chunk of it? That's for question number one. Question number two why the fuck is this leaked? How did this end up? Kyler didn't leak it. His agent no. didn't leak it. So it's somebody within the Cardinals organization. Now, I get that a lot of people possibly have access to those contracts, that they're not like lock and key when they're signed. But like, if you, you got to keep that under wraps. Like, what are you doing? That's the second question. And the third question, and this is my favorite. It's a two-parter. A, how is it going to be policed? And who's in charge of policing it? So it was like, I, I picture they like, maybe I could apply for the job. Like, all right, guys, I will be on Xbox Live f- from as soon as your training camp or practices end to mm-hmm. the end of that evening. And I'll tell you what times Kyler was on. And then I'm thinking like, well, Kyler's probably got friends that have Xbox Live accounts that he could just borrow one of theirs. So they have no f- idea. Like, yep. this is almost impossible to police. That's why I'm like, who the hell is going to enforce this? And like, are they? It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Why is it in there? And if you felt that it needed to be in there, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we took the Cardinals under and I've never felt better about it. Exactly. All right. Enough of Kyler Murray. Damn it. Next off the board, Joe Burrow, Chris Godwin, Amon Ross St. Brown, Amari Cooper. And then Nate was up. He also was looking at some of that rushing upside at the quarterback position. He took Jalen Hurts. Got to like this pick, Matt, right? Love this pick. Hmm. Um, I might like it more now than Kyler Murray, given Kyler Murray's con- current contract situation. <laughs> Good pick. Good pick. So, so yeah, I like what he has so far. He has uh, clear positional advantage at tight end with George Kittle, and he has a clear positional advantage at quarterback. And then the running back and wide receiver still has to fill out some wide receivers, but A.J. Brown up there with the Jalen Hurts pairing. I like the stack. I like the stack a lot. This isn't best ball, but when your wide receiver hits, maybe it's a good idea to have the quarterback so that way they hit in the same week. All right, Baz was up next. He continued hitting wide receiver. He took Jerry Judy. Wide receiver three for him, and that's about right for Jerry Judy. I mean, he has a wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside talent-wise. Um, ha- has that have been on the field? Not so much. There's been some injuries. He's been had bad quarterback play. He's getting the best quarterback of his career. <laughs> Say it a million times. He's going to get the best quarterback of his career. So I think there's a realm of possibility where Jerry Judy has a very good season. In the sixth round, and if we can keep smashing the best quarterback of his career, I'd be, I'd love that. That'd be fantastic. There's so many of them. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. Next off the board was Damian Harris, and then I was up, and I took Rashad Bateman from the Baltimore Ravens. So the Ravens vacated 43 percent, almost half of its targets from the previous season. So the opportunity exists for Rashad Bateman. Mark Andrews, we all know, is the top target there, the wide receiver one, right? But he can't catch all the balls. He dealt with some injuries last season. Bateman did, but he should be healthy to start the season. I love having him here in a flex position for this roster. I like Bateman. He's going to be the wide receiver one, and he's going to be the 1B option behind Andrews. Yep. Let's go. Agreed. All right, next off the board, Adam Thielen, Alan Lazard, Elijah Moore, Dak Prescott on the turn, Devonta Smith, Hunter Renfro, and then I was up, and it was quarterback time, so I went ahead and took Tom Brady, the GOAT. I don't love taking a quarterback this early, but he was within visibility on the draft board. So I assumed he wasn't going to last much longer. I did want the stack mentioned stacking earlier with Mike Evans. So I pulled the trigger. Yeah. Looking at the draft, if you could change things, really, I don't know that you would because Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford both go before you get another pick. The next quarterback doesn't go for a while. He doesn't go until Aaron Rodgers in the 11th round. Yeah. And then Kirk Cousins goes before you get a chance to take somebody else as your backup. So I don't hate the pick. I think he kind of needed to do it based on how many quarterbacks had gone thus far. Yeah, my my second quarterback, I'll, I'll get to him later. I didn't think he'd last this long. And once we get to redraft season, I don't think he will be on the board in the, what round was that? The 12th round. So no. yeah, ag- agreed. I, I'm glad I did it when I did. I think this was the last shot for me here. All right, next off the board, Michael Thomas. And then Jason was up and he took his tight end, Dawson Knox, Buffalo Bills. A little early for Knox, but 
I like Knox. I mean, we've talked about why we like Knox, that offense, getting the piece. It's not, I mean, if you're going to reach on a guy, you reach on a guy who's in, an, who's in a great situation. And Dawson Knox is certainly that. He is in a very good situation. This one was surprising because Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, and Dallas Goddard were all still on the board. So whether this was like a smoke and mirrors from Jason or whether this was just him indicating that he's high on Dawson Knox. I don't disagree with Dawson Knox over Dalton Schultz, but yeah, TJ and Goddard, maybe a little higher, but again, if you're high, again, if you're going to get want to reach on a guy, reach on a guy in a good, great position, he's in a great spot. So yeah, fantastic offense, touchdown upside. And this is the guy who wins us money on our first to score bets. So love me some Dawson Knox. All right. Nate was up next. He took his second wide receiver here in the seventh round in Juju Smith Schuster, the law firm. Yeah. Juju Smith and Schuster. Look, Juju's playing with the best quarterback of his career. Yes. And Patrick Mahomes. He spent a couple years with Big Ben, but that was the tail end of Big mm-hmm. Ben. That's not peak Big Ben. And even peak Big Ben isn't as it's good as Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. So this is absolutely the best quarterback of his career. Look, and Nate takes two shots on that wide receiver group in Kansas City by taking Juju and later Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I don't hate it because... I am of the mind that Kelsey is going to regress this year. Call me crazy. Everybody's putting them in their top 12 rankings and in their first round. Some people have them as high as nine. I think it's really easy to big that big explosive play guy when Tyreek Hill is drawing as much safety coverage as he is. That being said, Travis Kelsey isn't the 11 to 12 targets a game. He's like the seven targets, some of them in the red zone, but they're mostly explosive plays. He gets out of bounds, that type of thing. They're going to need somebody to catch the majority of the passes. And it's I think it's going to be Juju. Could be MVS. Either way, Nate's got it both covered, and I like that for him. Yeah, he didn't get the money. Uh, MVS did, but uh, it, his contract is heavily incentivized. So I think it's a good thing for Juju, kind of a one-year prove-it deal for the Chiefs. And I think they will get a lot out of him. A gamble, but here in the seventh round, that's a ton of upside if he does end up being the number one option or the 1B right to Travis Kelsey's 1A. Next off the board, the aforementioned Dalton Schultz, Miles Sanders, Drake London, DeAndre Hopkins, and then Matt, you're up again with two picks. Two picks. I need to get another running back. I only have two up to this point. And although I love A.J. Dillon and DeAndre Swift, I need to get a little bit more depth there. Uh, took Kareem Hunt. Obviously, we've talked about Kareem Hunt in our best ball league. The floor from his passing ability or from his receiving ability is high. And then Nick Chubb goes down. And he fills right in as that three down back. So I love Kareem Hunt, especially here in the seventh round. And then I came back around, picked up my tight end. TJ Hawkinson was still on the board. I saw Schultz go and Knox go. And for me, it was between Goddard and Hawkinson. And I like Hawkinson. Um, I like what the Lions are doing. There is some competition for catches there, but TJ Hawkinson is the athletic tight end. It's a favorite thing of people to say. He's an athlete. Every tight end in the football league is athletic now. Yeah, these guys are all 1% athletes. So I agree. All right, next off the board, Devin Singletary, Russell Wilson, Traylon Burks, Matthew Stafford. And then Nate was up. He's still hammering the wide receiver position here. He's got A.J. Brown, Juju. Here in the eighth round, he went with Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, who Chase Claypool has as a top three wide receiver in the NFL. So fun to note, Chase Claypool himself said that he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL. So you got to put some stock into this. And to get him here in the eighth round, this, I think Chase Claypool's a knucklehead, but his he's what, 6'4", 218 pounds. He ran a sub-4, 540, like... It's like him and Calvin Johnson are the only people, only wide receivers in that range that have produced athletically that way. So, I mean, again, if you're going to draft a wide receiver in the eighth round to be your third wide receiver, draft a dude who's ridiculously talented, and you're probably not going to get steered wrong. All right, next up was Baz. He went ahead and went back to the running back position here with Rashad Penny. Yeah, Chris Carson is out of town. I don't think Chris Carson was out of town when we drafted, but nonetheless, Chris Carson is out of town. So it is Rashad Penny and Ken Walker. Rashad Penny tore it up back half of last year, right? Was explosive. He's gotten a lot of shit, specifically for me, the Seahawks have for that offensive line, but he ran behind that offensive line last year for the last five, six weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's some maybe there's something here that I'm that I haven't seen. If he's gonna get the volume and he stays healthy, there's not there's not a world in where he doesn't end up as like a fringe RB two, RB three. Yeah, and he doesn't need Rashad Penny to produce, right? Like this is the eighth round, so it's an upside pick. He already has three running backs that are startable. He already has three wide receivers that are startable. So this is his first bench pick, and you don't hate the you don't hate the upside RB one upside, right? So 
Next off the board, Tony Pollard, and then I was up, and it was time for me to take a tight end. Uh, I saw Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson go. I knew it was going to get ugly. Didn't want to risk not being able to get one of the my next three tight ends, so I went ahead and grabbed a Philadelphia Eagle in Dallas Goddard. So big yards after the catch player. There's target competition there for sure with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, but I'm here for the floor with Goddard. Not really concerned about uh, getting to a ceiling with the rest of the roster I filled out. So some of the issues that the fantasy community has had with Dallas Goddard, and I did too for a little bit, was how often he's he's a great blocker, so he's used to block a lot. Um, but if you dive into some of those like in-line stats versus when he went out and ran routes, a lot of that last year was when Ertz was still on the team. They were running Ertz out in formation. They're running him in routes, and, and Goddard was staying back to protect the pocket. Obviously, Ertz is out of town now. Goddard is going to be the number one tight end, so he's going to get most of those routes. The offensive line's good enough where they're not going to have to pull him in to block, and they've got a tight end to do that. I think there's something here. I think there's a world in which Goddard is like the second highest producer in this offense behind A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith just kind of becomes a nice piece. Mm-hmm. I love Devontae Smith. I struggle with him in fantasy because I just think Goddard is such a tall mountain of a man, <laughs> and uh, A.J. Brown is a ball hog. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I like Goddard. I'm, I'm starting to warm up to him, that's for sure. You love to hear it. Getting me a little excited. Uh, next off the board, Chase Edmonds, Robert Woods, Ken Walker the third, Corderell Patterson, Melvin Gordon, Michael Gallup, and then I was up here in the ninth. Went ahead and went back to the running back position. Took Ramondre Stevenson, so I only had Zeke and Travis Etienne. Saw a bunch of running backs flying off the board that I was targeting. So James White is coming off injury. Damian Harris doesn't catch passes. And then we saw flashes of what Stevenson could do uh, in that backfield last season. It's just one of those scenarios I feel like that is similar to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubbs. You know, if Chubb goes down, Hunt would be a monster, right? You mentioned that. Probably top five upside. If Hunt goes down, I don't believe Chubb gets that big of a boost, especially in the passing game. So I think Stevenson is like Kareem Hunt in that way in this New England backfield. Yeah, I agree. I mean, last year was a rookie, right? Yeah, it was a rookie last year. Yep. Popped on the screen early, had a couple fumbles, and you know if you fumble in a Bill Belichick offense. Benched. Benched, but the talent's there, and that team is about as balanced run pass as you're going to see in the NFL. Sometimes they're 95% run, 5% pass. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> so, yeah, th- this is a good pick. This is a great pick in the ninth round. All right, next off the board, Tyler Lockett, and then Baz was up, and he went tight end again for some reason. Not sure if this was uh, an auto pick, which Nate had here in a in a round or so, but he went with Pat Fryermuth. Um, You know, picking up your second tight end, I guess maybe it was an auto pick. Maybe... Yeah. Maybe he's hunting us. Who knows? Can't trust that tricky bastard. It's good. Yeah, he's chipping away at the bench here, so maybe it is uh, just a second tight end in case Dawson Knox isn't what he thought he was. Next off the board for Nate was Marquez Valdez Scantling, MBS, his second share of that Kansas City wide receiver core. Second share, and it's honestly probably the the, the two meaningful pieces. Like if you're if you're putting a percentage on the chances of those wide receivers filling out as the guys on Patrick Mahomes' guys. Uh, what your forty percent juju, thirty percent MVS, and then the rest of the thirty percent is a combination of Sky Moore and some other guys. Uh, I like it. They talk about an NFL team building. If you're not sure of position, throw a bunch of darts at it. And throwing a bunch of darts at the Kansas City passing offense is not a bad way to go. Nope, not at all. Next off the board, Michael Carter, Brandon Ayuk, Gus Edwards, Russell Gage, and then Matt. Two more picks. Uh, first up, I went Christian Kirk, and while a lot of negative things have been said about Christian Kirk and whether or not he's worth the amount of money Jacksonville is going to be paying him, fortunately, I don't have to pay him that money to have him on my fantasy football squad, and he is my wide receiver four. He's my wide receiver four, and he's going to be by and far the number one target in that Doug Peterson offense. Trevor Lawrence, hopefully he's better. Even if he's not better, there's there's every modest, modest projections have Kirk getting at least 115 to 120 mm-hmm. targets could easily clear hundred catches. Is he the best wide receiver in the world? Is he worth the money? No, but as my wide receiver four here, I love that he's going to get volume. So it's a, it was a no brainer for me to hear in the ninth round, end of the ninth round. Agreed. Coming back around, I took James cook. I wanted to get another running back cause I'm not super strong at RB two. So I'm going to throw my darts at some guys here. And James cook is the flashy new guy in that Buffalo offense. He can catch the ball. He can play all three downs if needed. Devin Singletary is still there, sure, but if they love Devin Singletary, they wouldn't have drafted James Cook. They wouldn't have tried to go get J.D. McKissick in the yeah. offseason. 
So you can tell that they're paying Josh Allen money now. They're going to want to keep him upright. They're going to want to put more chips into the running game basket, and they're going to have the opportunity to. With that, those passing options and Josh Allen's arm, they're going to see a lot of two high looks. They're going to see a lot of light boxes. There's a lot of worlds in which James Cook pops as one of the better rookie running backs this year, along with Brees Hall. Love the pick there with James Cook. Next off the board, Kenny Galladay, Alexander Madison, Chris Olave, Damian Pierce, and then this was Nate's auto pick. He ended up going with Ronald Jones. Next off the board for Jason, this was Kadarius Tony, New York Giants, upside wide receiver. You like it? Are you in? You on the train? Dude, everyone's on the Kadarius Tony train. I'm not. I'm passing on that train. Every time I have to hear somebody on a fantasy podcast like, go watch the Saints game. Go watch the Cowboys game. You can't go watch any other game because he didn't do shit. Any other, he was really good for two games, and I understand he's explosive and he looks incredible. He has never played a full season of football in any meaningful way at college. He was a high school quarterback. He's had knee injuries, Achilles injuries, elbow injuries, thumb injuries. He has been injured almost every single year he's played football. Sure, he's shifty as shit, but he's going to be what the second, third option on that offense, an op- offense I'm not super high on to begin with, and I don't know that he's going to stay on the field. I think he's a great best ball target late in a round. I, I, in redraft, it's a little tough for me to pull that trigger. Yeah, and I think, uh, as, at least right now, ECR and everyone who's drafting is kind of in agreement with you because the two New York Giants pass catchers that matter went in the 10th round, Kenny Galladay uh, and uh, Kadarius Tony here. So yeah, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion at all. Next off the board, Isaiah Spiller, and then I was up and I went ahead and took Garrett Wilson, rookie for the New York Jets. So talented wide receiver on what projects to be a bad team. And he could see a large target share. He would more than likely take some time to get going as all rookie wide receivers do uh, before he's useful in fantasy, right? But wide receiver five on this roster, not really a huge deal. Kind of a dart throw, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think if you're the Jets, best case scenario, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson are getting 100 targets apiece. Corey Davis is a nice third down possession receiver for you. Um, and you and you do some things with Zach Wilson. So I, I don't hate it. And Zach Wilson's out there sleeping with Cougars now. The sky's the limit. 50 touchdowns is not out of the realm of possibility. Cannot be emphasized enough what Zach Wilson's up to in the bedroom. Absolutely. He's Mormon too, right? He's Mormon? I don't. He went to BYU. I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Sorry. Continue. We could go down a rabbit hole. Let's not. All right. Next off the board, James Robinson, Zach Ertz, Jacoby Myers, and Mike Kosicki on the turn. Raheem Mostert, Jarvis Landry, and then I was up here in the 11th. I wanted to get in on that Kansas City wide receiver room. So I went ahead and took Sky Moore. So rookie wide receiver again could take some time to be fantasy relevant. Might not be relevant at all, but he's my wide receiver six. I don't need him. Another dart throw. Didn't really like what was on the board elsewhere. I love Sky Moore. I love it. Even if he takes time and he hits later, like that'd be fantastic. If you get this year's Amon Ross St. Brown, right? Or I know Elijah Moore hit later last season as well. So, all right, next off the board, Tyler Algier. And then Jason was up and he took Devontae Parker, New England wide receiver. Parker's got a lot of upside. He's a very talented wide receiver. He's a very talented down-the-field threat. Um, I don't know that Mac Jones' skill set as quarterback suits that type of play. That being said, Bill Belichick saw him twice a year over the last three years and decided he wanted him on the squad. So yeah. that says a lot. And, and again, with his with who he has already at wide receiver, this is uh, not a bad idea. Bet on talent. Usually you're not steered wrong. Still not the bench here. So next off the board for Nate was Tyler Boyd. Wide receiver three on the Bengals roster. What do you got? I like Tyler Boyd. Um, I think I think there's a lot of games where Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins flip flop more than people are willing to admit. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely don't hate Tyler Boyd. Yeah, wide receiver five for Nate as well. So not a huge deal if it doesn't pan out. Next off the board, Rashad White, Cole Komet, Darrell Henderson, Albert O, and then Matt. You were here at the eleven twelve and the twelve one. What'd you do? Cameron Poe, um, A.A. Ron Rogers himself was here at the end of the eleventh round. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna treat these mocks earnestly, I'm probably gonna be taking a couple quarterbacks. Just to, I usually only take one, and sometimes I regret that. So I was like, you know, let me get a second quarterback. I also noticed to this point, Baz had not drafted a quarterback yet, <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to pick one up here. I said, why not? So I so I took A.A. Ron. I like Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's back back MVP. His receiving options are questionable, but he's mm-hmm. been able to make it work no matter what. So, and he's my backup. That's a that's an important point you make there. Look at the draft board because I guarantee you, if Aaron Rodgers would have made it around the turn and back to Baz, he was going to take him right. So, yes, well done, Matt. And then my next pick, I took another upside running back, Naheem Hines. 
Um, look, no secret. Jonathan Taylor is the dominant running back in that offense, and he's going to take the majority of the snaps. That being said, Naheem Hines is a very good pass catching back, very good third down back. Matt Ryan tends to like those, and they tend to produce. And here again at the back end of the draft, as a bench player for me, I'm willing to take that chance. I don't hate what you did with your running backs here. So you have DeAndre Swift, A.J. Dillon. Those guys are going to get a ton of work, right? A.J. Dillon might even have some built-in upside if Aaron Jones goes down, right? But with Kareem Hunt, James Cook, and Naheem Hines, you got yourself handcuffs, essentially, right? Kind of the RB2s on their rosters who can also be used if you need to flex them almost at any point throughout the season. James Cook, we still have to see, but... With what we know about, you know, them pursuing JD McKissick, it, it's kind of the writing's on the wall, right? Yeah, I, I believe you said it as one of your tips and tricks, if not this year, it was last year. Is like if you go for backup running backs and you're getting, there's really not that many starting running backs who get a majority of work. You go after upside guys, you go after young guys, you go after guys who catch passes. We're on the field and third downs, and uh, it can be that safety valve for their quarterbacks. And that's kind of what I did here in my last three running backs. I like it. I like it a lot. Next off the board, Khalil Herbert. J.D. McKissick, Kenneth Gainwell, Chris Carson, and then Nate was up, and he went ahead and took the New Orleans third running back. Is he the? I don't even know if he's the second running back. Mark Ingram. This whole situation is insane because everybody is focused on the Deshaun Watson situation, in which we are almost assuredly like ninety nine percent going to get a suspension of Deshaun Watson. Alvin Kamara might not be suspended this year. The, his court case might, is being kicked down the road as far as possible by his lawyers. It might not mm-hmm. even go to court until October. There's a chance that this doesn't get resolved at the NFL level until the offseason of next year, in which case Alvin Kamara plays 17 games or however many games he's healthy for, and people are getting at the end of the second round, which is f-ing ludicrous. Because if I were to tell you today that Alvin Kamara is going to start every single game this year for the Saints, you're taking him what? 105? 106 maybe? Top six, top seven, yeah. So if he is going to miss a lot of time, guys like Mark Kingdom look good. Like, I I don't know. I I I don't hate the pick. There's just a lot of uncertainty, so it's a little it's a little hard for me to go that direction. But when Mark Ingram's playing running back for the Saints and he's on the field, usually picks up like four yards per attempt. So what are you gonna do? He's efficient. He's just up there in age. That's all. Next off the board for Jason, he grabbed a quarterback. I I assume he saw Cameron Poe go in the in the eleventh round, so he went ahead and pulled the trigger here on Kirk Cousins. I love Kirk Cousins. Um, We don't have to go into how much I love Kirk Cousins. I took a run because I was like, why not? Uh, but I love Kirk Cousins. Way to go. Way to go, Baz. Yeah. You went late round QB and you got Kirk Cousins in the 12th. Just lucky son of a bitch. Tail end QB one. So he went ahead and spent the, spent the rest of the draft filling out his roster and waited on quarterback. Not a terrible strategy at all. Next off the board, Jamal Williams. And then I was up. No chance. Trey Lance makes it uh, this late, especially since the Niners finally said he's the starter. This happened after our draft. So. ECR wasn't impacted just yet, but he sure does look phenomenal on my bench, right? Looks great in the 12th. That was a great 12th round pick if I've ever seen it. Looks great. I'm not avoiding Trey Lance, but I'm like, I'm not drafting him at where he's going to end up going in drafts. I just, I don't know what to believe, man. That whole situation is funky as shit. I, I think the strategy or the approach you have to take is pairing him with a Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, someone who's going to give you some stability, right? That's definitely the play. I just, it's, I don't know if those reports are true. I, I, I retweeted it and then I realized what I was retweeting might not have been sound, <laughs> credible reporting. It's camp season. It's camp season. You share, you share everything. You don't vet anything. <laughs> it's not beyond the realm of believability that there are a lot of players within the 49ers organization who would prefer Jimmy Garoppolo over Trey Lance, mm-hmm. seeing as that some of these players are on their last or second to last years in their contracts, possibly their last and second last years in the NFL. And they have the choice between an unproven second year guy who has a lot of upside, but not a lot of polish and a guy who has taken him to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game. He's a project for sure, but it's the only way from Kyle Shanahan and the organization's perspective that they're going to make it to the next level, right? You have to go with the upside play. They have to go with the upside play because they traded three first round draft picks for him. Mm hmm. I don't think if they made that investment, they would be they would have to do anything because Jimmy Garoppolo is still under contract and they're probably going to end up having to pay him regardless or cut him, what, the day before the season starts? Yeah. I don't know. It's tricky, but he looks great in the 12th round because he's going to run a lot. He's great yeah, for, absolutely. for fantasy. He's awesome. Sorry, I should have I clarified that. Cheat code. He's the cheat code. All right, we had a running back run here. Next off the board, Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, Chuba Hubbard, Tyrion Davis-Price, Darrell Williams... Deontay Foreman, and I was up in the 13th round. 
I went with Brian Robinson. So just a dart throw, possible handcuff, but also a possible cut candidate if something pops off uh, on the waiver wire uh, early on in the season. Next off the board, Christian Watson, and then Baz was up, and he went with Rondale Moore, second-year receiver in Arizona. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't like Marquis Hollywood Brown. Listeners are no stranger to my unwavering disbelief <laughs> in the fact that he was traded for a first-round pick. And D hops in a six games, so mm-hmm. he might turn some early value in the season. Absolutely. Uh, next up, Nate. He took Terrace Marshall, Carolina wide receiver. Currently the wide receiver three. I think Nate likes Terrace a lot. He loves the big hands. I love Terrence Marshall. I drafted my best ball league just this morning. I think oh. he's going to take over as the second wide receiver on that roster quickly over Robbie Anderson. Yeah, Robbie A has some motivation issues, right? So mulling retirement. Next off the board, Derek Carr, Kenyon Drake, DJ Chark, Trey Sermon. Matt, you had your last two picks. Last two picks. Let's take two wide receivers. Let me take the most productive Broncos wide receiver over the last two years and Tim Patrick in the 13th round. Love Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick does not get enough love. Does not get enough love. Everyone talks about Cortland Sutton. Everyone talks about Jerry Judy. No one talks about Tim Patrick. And it's it's a crime against humanity. So I took Tim Patrick. <laughs> and then I took James Williams. Classic 14th round pick. Uh, not, not necessarily classic. Usually you want to get guys that you can cut. By taking Jameson Williams, I'm willing to sign on for at least six, seven, maybe eight weeks of unusability. But then I might be getting this year's OBJ in the heart of the season and then into the playoffs. Why not? Why not? Yeah, you don't hate that pick at all. I, I, we've done it. Before. I think we did it in our uh, our underdog draft too. So I carry the same sentiment still. Next off the board, Hunter Henry, Justin Fields, Zamir White, Van Jefferson, and then Nate was up with his last pick. He took Derrick Henry's backup, Hassan Haskins. Tennessee Titans. Ambulance chasing. Love it. And then uh, Jason was up. He took Alec Pierce, uh, Colts wide receiver. Any comments on the last two? Alec Pierce is a good, good big-bodied wide receiver. Yep. Could do some nice things with, uh, with Matt Ryan in our center. Yep, and a drop candidate uh, taking him here in the 14th round. Not a huge deal. Uh, next off the board, Corey Davis. And then I had my last pick. I went with Jamison Crowder. So he's still young, not as old as people think. He has a shot at playing in the slot, uh, a role that Beasley excelled at we saw the last couple of years. But... Isaiah McKenzie opened up camp taking first team reps out of the slot. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Next off the board, Mikol Hardman, David Njoku. Last pick of our draft was Noah Fant. Matt, let's hear that roster. Quarterback, I have Kyler Murray. Running backs, I have DeAndre Swift and A.J. Dillon. Wide receivers, I have Stephon Diggs and D.J. Moore. My flexes will most likely be Deontay Johnson and some combination of Kareem Hunt and Christian Kirk. And then tight end, TJ Hawkinson. And then on my bench, James Cook, Aaron Rodgers, Naheem Hines, Tim Patrick, Jameson Williams. Just, it's what a 91 looks like, everybody, when you draft <laughs> uh, when you draft on Fantasy Pros. They give you a grade and a ranking. That's an A-91. minus And honestly, it felt better. Felt like closer to a 94. Felt good. Did you get on uh, on the horn with customer service after after the draft? I did. Uh, yep. And they said, well, one of our experts, Tony Cosentino, has some of these guys ranked a little <laughs> lower, so we had to give you a 91. I said, okay, that's fair. I know the guy. He's, he's pretty reliable and pretty reputable, so I'll live. I'll live with it. Well done. Uh, not bad. That was a really good draft, uh, Matt. I, I wouldn't mind going to battle with that any day of the week. Uh, let's go ahead and look at Nate's roster real quick. He has Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Looks like he'll be starting Joe Mixon, Javante Williams at running back. A.J. Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver. Looks like he'll flex Josh Jacobs, probably Chase Claypool. And then he'll have uh, George Kittle at the tight end position. On his bench, uh, MVS, Ronald Jones, Tyler Boyd. Those two were his auto picks. Mark Ingram, Terrace Marshall, and Hassan Haskins. So handcuff, couple dart throws. You don't hate it. I think uh, this is kind of middle, probably middle of the rankings for our draft. Do you remember what he got? It was like an 86 or 87? It was a 79. Oh, he got a 79? Yep. The auto picks probably don't help. Uh, for Jason, he ended up with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, Leonard Fournette and James Conner at the running back positions, Jamar Chase and Allen Robinson at his wide receiver spots, Brees Hall and Jerry Judy likely to be at his flex spots, and then Dawson Knox at the tight end. And then on his bench, he's got Rashad Penny, Pat Fryermuth, Kadarius Tony, Devontae Parker, Rondale Moore, and Alec Pierce. So again, he's got a handcuff, a couple dart throws there. Some uh, drop candidates if uh, he likes something better on the waiver wire. What do you think about Jason's roster? Not bad. A couple guys. Re- he got a C-plus, a 79 out of 100. Um, Nate got a 75, and I think you got a 72. Uh, so my roster here, quarterback, Tom Brady, the GOAT. 
Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Etienne. At wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans. I got the stack there with Brady and Evans. Uh, I'll be flexing Cortland Sutton, Rashad Bateman, tight end Dallas Goddard. And on my bench, I have Ramondre Stevenson, Garrett Wilson, Sky Moore, a couple rookies there. Trey Lance, second quarterback with the rushing upside. Brian Robinson and Jamison Crowder. Those last two guys, handcuff and a dart throw, not too concerned if they don't pan out. What do you think? What, how'd I do? How, better than the Fantasy Pros rating of 71. Yeah, for, cer- for certain. Better than the 71. Um, a nice mix of age and youth. You know, not a whole lot of uh, middle-aged NFL players, a lot of older and younger guys. Love to see it. Love to see it. I don't think it liked my Tom Brady pick, and I don't think it liked my running back core. I think those are the two big hits. Goddard's kind of middle of the pack for tight ends. I also don't like your running back core, but I'm fine with the Tom Brady pick. I got no problem with the Tom Brady pick. He, he threw the most touchdowns on any quarterback last year. What are, what are we talking about here? Well, there's no rushing ability? Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take 50 touchdowns. 45 touchdowns? 50 touchdowns? Yes, please. All right. Solid draft, guys. Thanks once again for jumping in with us. We'll most likely post a few more of those opportunities before the season kicks off. All right. Any parting words before we wrap it up here, Matt? Yeah. I, uh, I got a job at the bank. Got fired on my first day. First day. Wow. First day. Jump on Jump on the clock. Lady walks up to me and says, can you check my balance? I pushed her over. <laughs> that's assault. And that's a good joke. I like it. Well done. <laughs> That's good. All right, that is it, guys. Thanks once again to Jason and Nate for giving us 20, 30 minutes of your evening. Uh, We've got player rankings on the horizon, and this year we've got the MKFFL. That's the Mortal Kombat Fantasy Football League and the Fantasy Tap guys competing against members from this league and a couple of others. Should be fun, so stay tuned for that. For Matt, for producers Josh Callis and David Richter, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Love you, bye. Bye. is uh, 100% real. I mean, that wasn't great, and I'm not happy about that.